Welcome to Build an Iconic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Whitehead, and this podcast is dedicated to help you build a life with zero regrets by focusing on how you have everything you need to stand up, stand out, and live life on your terms. Let's dive right in. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Build Your Iconic Life. This is Chris Whitehead. I'm with Jackson Callum. Uh, he owns several businesses and his latest is what, Jackson? Well, First Class Business is my baby. And uh, we yeah. also have a podcast called Vision Pros Live that we're considering. Do we keep it under the umbrella, make it its own brand? Um, but those are those are my two primary focuses right now. How long... How long have you been building business? Uh, since, I mean, how long have I been building business? I was 21 years old when I got into network marketing. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, that came after being told by the BYU School of Business that I would never get into it. And I was like, well, um, they said, sorry, son, you, you did some stupid things before you went on your mission. Um, you're going to need to change your, your case of study. And I walked out of that just dazed and going, what do I do? And so I, I took that uh, and I, I thought, you know, I got to find a business owner who's going to take a chance on me. And that's what that's when I found network marketing. And then that taught me everything I needed to know about structure and going to meetings and talking to people about what you love and studying under Success Magazine, et cetera. So that's where it started. How did it evolve? Yeah, so I, uh, I got into that. I ended up going home. If you know if, if you know a lot about network marketing, you're supposed to be in a team structure, um, right? So I, I was recruited in Utah. I go back to San Antonio, Texas by myself. And now I've got no upline, no structure and by myself. And so I went to a local community of people related to that, um, that MLM. And they took me in. They helped me out. Um, and so I had this old dude named Vito Frescas. He was the first Latino to own a car dealership in the United States. And he took me under his wing and started to teach me about how to do things. Um, that led me to a single mom who wanted so badly to join that she put all of her um, her joining fees on a credit card. And I said, please don't do this. I, I, I don't want the responsibility for this. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is hard work. And she said, no, I'm going to do this. Um, I got this. I've got it. And so I said, well, I'm going to be spending pretty much every day at your house from now on, making sure that you were successful. And so that day we did those little launch parties you're supposed to do, brought the friends over. And after that one launch party, the deer in the headlights look came on for her and she <laughs> stopped and she wouldn't do anything else. And she didn't want to do any more. And then she didn't, I asked her to get her money back. She wouldn't do that. And I said, I'm done with this. I just, I can't do this to people. Um, and so again, yeah, nothing wrong with network marketing. It gave me a lot of base, but it did, it didn't have that fulfillment factor for helping the majority of people move forward. Mm -hmm. with what their dream was associated with that reality. So um, I ended up moving from that to lifetime fitness and then lifetime fitness to uh, selling security door to door for a little bit got married, moved to Austin, ended up looking for a temp job, found myself in a garage warehouse selling websites for a little while um, until I found out this little website company was invested in by somebody named Paul Bukite and Matt Cutts. Paul Bukite's the inventor of Gmail. Matt Cutts, search director of Google. 
Um, and I started selling websites pretty well. And the company was building revenue streams for digital revenue streams for newspapers. And that also that little company was featured in a book that's pretty well known now called $100 million offers by Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was the first sales rep hired for that company. And uh, he doesn't quite tell the full story of Lloyd and, and how that company worked. But it was it was where I learned about startups and venture capitalists and got my got my feet wet with I, I don't want to say real businesses, but entrepreneurship. Yeah, I am um, like you. Uh, I was 21 hmm. and I was working at Radio Shack. And I was the uh, number one salesman on the east in the eastern region of the United States. It didn't say a lot. I was still only making twenty five thousand dollars a year, no matter how hard I worked. And then I moved down to North Carolina. I work at the flagship store. I become a manager because that's what you're supposed to do. And I went from working forty hours a week to hundred hours a week. And some lady came in and started writing these O's on a notepad. And I saw one turn to two, and two turn to four, and four turn to sixteen, and I said, you know, selling is selling. That's what I've been doing. And, you know, eventually people say yes. Well, I didn't realize that Amway had been in North Carolina for over 20 years. And everybody I talked to had this cross out like this, like, is this Amway? And I said, no, I'm just way ahead and da, da, da. So I never made any money at it, but I did get their $7 per month audio tape series. Yeah. And I got two tapes per month. And I'm telling you, Jackson, it kept so I in, in order to do that, I actually started a little remodeling company, like whatever you'll pay me money to do company dot com. Uh, it was previous dot com. And um, I never made any money at Amway, but it kept my motivation to want to succeed as an entrepreneur when I had no business doing it. I knew no rules. I knew I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to market. I didn't I barely knew how to do the work. And. I look back and I'm so grateful that something like Amway was out there. And it's really weird. People call them pyramid schemes. And the only thing that I can say is it is the shape of a pyramid, just like a franchise or any other Isn't business. Every that you company. Own. Yeah. Every um, company has somebody at top and then a little management team and beyond. And, and, so, and, it's, and ideally and it's, it's flipped, right? Ideally yeah. your leaders are lifting from the bottom, right? Well, All that's what we've learned, board. haven't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but it's 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 a it's an amazing distribution channel and cost-wise for the producer of products. I mean, I'll never and, and that's what the internet does now with eBay stores and all sorts of stuff. Right. But you just brought something up that I think is really good because it is what I learned. It, the upside down pyramid, which is the leader is there to be a servant. The leader is not there to be standing on top of the pile, cuckooing with all the money. Um, how did you come about that idea? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been trained on that for a long time. But I will, I will say that a lot of what I was taught went in one ear and out the other. Right. Okay. So I was a, I was a, I'm a gifted guy. I really am. I don't want to hide that. Um, I have my shortcomings. I have my absolute challenges in life, broken home, all that. But I was super gifted. And so I was put in leadership positions over and over because of how talented I was. That's not leadership. Right. I didn't know that. Right. So here I was, you know, you could say I was pretentious. You could say I was I was cocky or arrogant at times in my life. And I, I had to, you know, I had to eat crow. And um, those occasions I was six two as a 14 year old. 
um, you know, so eighth grade, um, killing it in sports. And I got lazy too. I didn't go to the gym. I don't know what I was supposed to, for one. Um, two, I, I uh, kind of stopped practicing as much as I was. I was shooting 600 shots per day in basketball at that age. My shot, well, I was crushing it and I stopped trying so hard. Um, and so I, I went from leader to getting behind as 15, 16 year olds started out grow me. I never grew another centimeter. I stayed at six two. Um, and so I got a real dose of, of reality pretty early on on, wow, okay, this, this whole thing of being great in my middle school is not the same as competing on a, on, on a global scale, for instance. And I'll tell you what, it crushed my dreams. I was also second in state trumpet. That was the moment I quit. Mm. I said, if I'm second in state in seventh grade, how many eighth graders are better than me nationwide? How many, how many college people, how many people already had a career in this? There's never going to be a space for me. I had such a backwards mindset on my own value. I thought I had to be the best in order to be of value to the world. And so through the process of, of just growing through life and looking at that, being put in continual leadership positions and then uh, getting older and, and realizing, you know, 20, I say older, in my 20s, starting to realize how often I was clashing with people and rocking the boats and how that was making people upset. I had to, I had to take a step back, listen to some John Maxwell, <laughs> start realizing that, oh man, um, you know, I, I need to not only care about what, it, what my objective is, and who it's serving, I also need to care about those I'm serving with. That was a really hard thing for me to understand, um, but I definitely get that more than ever at this point in life. Um, you got it. If you care about those you're serving with, if you care about the person you're, that's supposed to be helping you facilitate your dream and vision, you care about their dreams and visions, they're going to come to bat for your dreams yeah. and visions too. Um, but it starts by genuinely caring about all those around you, not just hiring somebody on Fiverr and, uh, you know, they, they call them VAs. I call it virtual abuse. You need to care about that person. The moment you start caring about that person, the moment their, their productivity is going to start going up and up and up. And, uh, and it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's an important one for entrepreneurs to, to think about. Well, and I, and I think too, you know, we're, we're coming out of a very transactional world mm -hmm. and sure. people in the industrial revolution, you know, we created these cogs and machines and we said, let's scale the machine. And we're in the technology age now. And it's been out so long and so much communication is happening, especially with younger people that just reading a text message, we can pull the context of what you're trying to say and how you're trying to say it. So you can almost hear tonality in a text message. We try um, to. Anything less than authenticity, as far as leadership goes, will buck the system, especially in what we call a free country. And, um, and I'm in agreement with you. What I experienced is I wanted to scale and grow and the quality of people that were on my team were not the people that could help me get there. And so I started to ask myself, how do I attract, you know, higher quality individuals? And I even let go of the money thing. Like, okay, the money will find its way to pay them, but how do I even attract them? And what I started to learn is exactly what you said when I do, and this is on your website, even, um, yeah. When you actually care about people more than you care about profits, you end up getting both. And you say, and it's said in a different way. It's through a quote. But our job as leaders is to truly understand our people 
It's to understand what, why they're even there. And it's usually not just to make money and to create a mission that they can get behind so that we can help them accomplish what they want. And that's what I do with my clients. I know that's what you do with your clients. It's a holistic approach. I mean, you have it dead on your website that we not only give you the game plan, and I love this, we not only give you the game plan, but then we walk with you step by step to implement the game plan. And that that's what's missing in today's world. Look, in the early 2000s, we could give information away and make a lot of money on it. That was what was going on. Now people are truly hiring done for you services or done with you services, meaning we're bringing you into our culture and it has to be a really good fit. And I want to know what are some of the things that differentiate you with your clients? Like who, who ideally can you help Jackson? Yeah. I mean, I, I love working with on visionary entrepreneurs. They may not know they're a visionary yet, um, but they've got a real strong sense of impact. And that, that could be a plumber um, who has a, you know, a vision of helping his local region, um, you know, while making sure to give back. Uh, to society and and raise his family well. Um, and I'm looking for people who really appreciate the idea of balanced entrepreneurship. If you notice the acronym of that, it's B, right? Becoming. I'm all about that, man. Like you got to learn. I want to learn how to become love itself, right? I want to mm. learn how to become my best self, not just do it, not just have it, not just seek it, but to be, and the same thing is true with entrepreneurship. I put that in place, not only for others, I put it in place for myself, right? To remind me that of, above all else, being a dad of my four kiddos is the most important. I've been a stay-at-home dad since I was 21 years old. Right? I don't know. I don't know many people who've had the chance to do that. And uh, there's pros and cons, um, you know, of having that type of lifestyle. But when, uh, you know, my kids were, my youngest kid, I'm sorry, my oldest kids were five, three, and one. We did a 41 day road trip up the California coastline as a family. And I did a podcast in the Redwood Forest um, while I was doing that. And, you know, Tim Ferriss calls it the new rich. Um, that book's been out a while, but I think a lot of people in the world, most people have never heard that term. Right. And it's about prioritizing the experiences of life and the journey versus worrying about accumulating massive piles of, of cash, never utilizing it, and then having that gravestone that reads, man, I, I, you know, I wish I had lived my life. I wish yeah. I had I'd done more of my time on earth. I've done a lot of really fun and really cool things uh, with my life. I, and I say fun. I wasn't a partier. Um, you know, I, I don't go to, I've never been to a casino. Admittedly, I've been through one. Um, <laughs> never, I want to I think it'd be fun someday, but there's something that just like, that's just not me. You know, like that's not what I do. Um, fun to me is, you know, being able to go to Mexico take a bag of candy from the United States, right? Go out to a soccer field there after school one day with a, with a, uh, go get water bottles as well and play soccer with the kiddos, um, you know, and, and have that stuff there and see their reactions to having that candy for the first time, right? Take with you, go to the Dollar Tree, grab a bunch of reading glasses, right? Buy a hundred reading glasses for a hundred bucks. Again, go down to some third world country, go to an old folks home, let people try reading glasses on. Hear their stories, talk to them. And that stuff gets like I, I'm, I'm I just feel on fire right now talking about it. Like that's that's essence of life for me. And that's not it's not how you always were, is it? No, I mean my mom was. Uh so I, I can't give her credit for that. No, I actually hated service. Like I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I didn't I thought it was 
rough and difficult and and not fun and a distraction from basketball. I wanted to be shooting 600 shots at all times. Like that was it. That video games, playing football. I would ride my bike with a hockey stick, with a basketball. I would dribble and I would be in rollerblades. I have that little <laughs> hockey ball in my pocket looking for any neighborhood kids I could find to play sports with. And it didn't matter which sport as long as they would play sport with me. Like that was my life. So no, I, I did not enjoy the process of of serving others and and doing things like that. But yeah, my mom, she she set a precedence. I remember I was probably four or five. Um, she loaded us up in the van. I remember being upset and and it was like four in the morning or something. And and uh, we got all these blankets, my favorite blanket in the family. Now you got that one that's a massive blanket. And <clears throat> so I'm happy about that until we get to this bridge and we go underneath and set up shop. And she's got these tacos, like these um, coolers full of, of breakfast tacos. We got apple cider, hot chocolate. And she's like, come on, get up. You know, and we, we go out and, and next thing you know, we're giving my favorite blanket away. Um, as well as these tacos and this apple cider and hot chocolate to the homeless who are being kicked out of the homeless shelter in the middle of winter. My mom's a single mom of six. Wow. This isn't an easy thing for her to do, but that's who she was. That's, that's how we, we lived what we did. And that one, that particular moment, like it opened my eyes. I got to see these people go and take that blanket. And I was mad about the blanket, but don't get me wrong. I could still feel it in my heart. Like, Whoa, this dude's cuddling up under a bridge. Um, you know, and somebody else is, you know, eating these tacos, thanking me and, and, you know, and I'm, you know, I didn't do anything. I just happened to be there with my mom, but those moments, um, you know, we take the time to show our kids things like that and do things like that. It, it leaves an impression that can last a lifetime. I think about my grandparents, especially, um, who went through the great depression, who were very community based in general, um, and how much of an impression that left on me. And then think about what we're doing inside of the entrepreneurial world where we're showing that same quality um, for the very same reason, it left a massive impact on me. So much so uh, that when the shit actually hits the fan, that's what I go back to, not my skill set. I'm talking when I'm afraid and I have nothing to grip onto. Well, the one thing I can grip onto is how these other people stayed steady Eddie in my life. And how did they do that? They were often selfless. They often did not complain. They didn't talk about their hips hurting or joints. And if they did, it was a little thing. And we went to the doctor and they downplayed it. And it's almost like all that's changed nowadays. So when it comes time to really finding that balance again, and I, and I know that I'm off kilter, I go back into that same service mode. Number one, it takes my mind completely off of my problem. Yeah. And secondly, it's in, in, it's incredible how serendipitous life is when we get into planting seeds again. Yeah, it really trees is. grow from it. It just got to wait for the harvest. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cultivating law of the harvest is is, uh, you know, if you can combine law of attraction with the law of the harvest, you're likely to create a life of peace. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's the ultimate. That's the for me. That's the ultimate uh, feeling that I go for um, and strive for. If I'm aligned with peace, the other great feelings, you know, they will come in seasons. Um, but I can, I have complete control over how much peace I have in my life. And, you know, I, I do want <clears throat> to, I'll shift gears a little bit for those who are listening. Like these principles are timeless. And I think content like this is probably the most important thing you can consider. However, I'm also going to tie it to the marketing, the growth of companies and all that, because it's, it's often not tied together very well. 
And then it can get confusing of like, what do you do? How do you go about things? I'm going to tell you right now, the number one funnel that you can build in your website, right? Most, most people are missing it. And it's why the big companies out there and the best prospects ignore most companies out there because you can see so easily how small a brand is based on their structure of their website. Can this screen be seen, Chris? Let's see. I don't know if it's allowed to, to share it, but it, it says it's sharing. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So the, this is our homepage, right? Um, now I can tell you, if I go to, if any digital marketer approaches me or any company approaches me and says that they want to work with me, I know how big they are and I know what direction they're trending based on one call to action. This one right here. Join our team. If they don't have a join our team button, I know they're not growing. I know they don't have a growth mindset. If they don't have their uh, job board here showcasing what types of people that are they're looking to join um, and a mapped out process for hiring, I know they're not growing. If you go to Apple, you go to Home Depot, you go to Five Below, you go to any major company in the United States and look, they have put an amazing amount of effort into their people growth process and that funnel, which means that they have a streamlined process for growth. So that is that is one of the greatest hacks to understand and realize what are companies doing out there to grow. Um, another thing that you'll notice behind me on the wall is a poster that is very hard to see. Um, I'll bring up a, another screen share on that. Let's let me go to it real quick. Here we go. Entire screen hit that and let's go right over here. So you'll see a, a little pseudo version of it. You'll notice these have credits given to them. These books are some of the most important books that I've ever read on business. One of them's The One Minute Manager by yes. Ken Blanchard, where he gives a game plan. Well, we designed a poster for our own brand based on this because we know how important goal setting is and reacting appropriately to the goals, whether they're, they're accomplished or they're not accomplished. That game plan is incredibly important. The best book, in my opinion, for helping businesses with growth is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. This is required reading during the first week for every single person who joins our company. <laughs> he does an excellent job of helping people recognize the difference between high performance cultures and dysfunctional teams. And this chart shows us the, the very easy go-to symptoms of does my culture um, establish and cultivate trust or is there a lack of trust within our culture? Does my culture create a sense of healthy conflict or do we have a fear of conflict? Mm. And it breaks down step by step how to go about the process of establishing that in your company. It's, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite resources, as I mentioned. And when you align yourself, when you're wanting to attract great people to your company, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't, but like, let's look at most, most small businesses, right? If your questions are, uh, what's the least amount of money we can pay you? <laughs> are you going to attract an all-star or are you going right. to attract somebody who's desperate and needy? Right. Um, you know, uh, we, <clears throat> we need you to come in on time every single day. Um, we need you to do this. 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 Are you, gonna, are you willing to do all of this and take the least amount of pay? Come on, man. You want to go to great companies. Uh, you know, you want to look at great companies. Look at, look at sports companies. Don't look at them for the sport, but study what the Yankees do when it comes to recruiting. Study what the Spurs do 
when it comes to recruiting, study what the Lakers do. I'm a big basketball guy, as mentioned, right? So and when it comes to whining and dining, right? If you want the LeBron James to come play for you or somebody like that, you got to show them that you've got a dynasty. You've got a place where they're going to matter and you're going to care about them as much as they should, of course, care about what you're doing too. It's a lot that goes into that, but that, that basic principle is missing for most small business mindsets. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I invest a lot of time teaching entrepreneurs a lot about social media and how to extract leads for no cost, right? Sweet. And we did one a week ago for local business owners. And it's amazing to me that even after 15 years um, of this really being out here, people are completely ignorant of it and business owners in general. And, and there's no reason there's a big difference between dumb and stupid, right? Dumb is ignorant. You don't know any better. Okay. Well, dumb is ignorant. And you don't know any better. Stupid is you know better and you do it anyway, expecting a different mm. result. That's stupid. I like that. I like that. Um, it's okay to be dumb and be an entrepreneur. Look, just to have the yeah. guts to do it um, is one whole class in personal development all on its own. Well, it's not only okay. It's part of the process. Like, yeah. You know, if you don't but know, then you have to educate yourself. What, you got to figure it out, you know, but yeah, if you don't know about it, how are you? You got to admit it. Don't pretend you do. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote a book, um, Becoming Iconic, How to Make Today's Ceiling Tomorrow's Floor. Because what I realized for me is that I had spent so much energy just getting off the starting block that I didn't consider the amount of thrust it would take to get to the finish line. And I wanted to educate other entrepreneurs that they're so, this is exactly why you're here. What you just showed, here is a way to deconstruct, to understand, because if I teach you how to fish, I never have to go get fish for you again. Yes. And that's a fundamental principle that you're putting out into the world from a place of love, which is the only way that growth actually occurs. Um, and here you are as a, a masculine man being willing to say the L word and entrepreneurship at the same time. It's called catch a clue, everybody. Yeah. This is how real growth occurs with real businesses. And a lot of, and my point was that a lot of entrepreneurs, they're so in the middle of it that they don't even know, they don't even know that they don't know how to structure something. You're going to join this. us now button. Think about if a superstar like Jackson were looking on your website, does he get the feeling that there might potentially be a place or does he click on it and click right back off? Because most of the times we never even put the right bait in the water to attract the fish that we want. Right. Absolutely. It's absolutely brilliant, man. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely, man. I'm going to double down if you don't mind. Please. You, what you said sparked a memory. Um, so one of the one of the first startups I joined and, and helped out was Video Power Marketing, um, VideoPower.com. Now uh, we were .org back then. Jake spent a lot of money uh, to get that .com in the last couple of years. Um, but Jake Larson was asked by YouTube, the founder of YouTube, called him on the phone and asked him to represent YouTube ads. He was one of ten handpicked ambassadors before the advertising platform came out. So they went out to headquarters and uh, they came up with the idea that if the advertisement sucks, you should be able to skip it. Hence the creation of the five, four, three, two, one countdown. Um, mm -hmm. Right. And he, he left that and he goes and he builds this course called uh, turn your views into sales, how to drive conversions through videos. And now these methods are, are all out there. Of course, there's tons of people who can do it. You know, he's kind of the founder uh, founding thought process of, you know, telling people to skip the ad 
and letting people and you know being the uh, pattern interrupt when you're doing a point and shoot commercial. All right, so I go and uh, I start working with Jake on helping him build that out a little bit. Gave him some feedback. He said, "Jackson, you're the most critical person I know. I need your feedback." So that's the worst compliment I've ever received in my <laughs> life, Jake. Uh, I told him no because I knew that I had been very, very difficult with him when we met in Uruguay years before on a mission. I was so rude. I had a trainer that was perfect, and that trainer left, and Jake came in. I didn't think I felt. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't want this guy. I wanted the other guy. Um, so I was, I was super difficult with him. So I said no. He said, "Dude, I need this." He said, "I'm about to launch a company, and I have a daughter." to provide for. Um, and I don't know if I should do this. And so he pulled in my heartstrings and I, I said, I heard his story and I said, okay, you know, I'm going to destroy this course. Right. Um, and he said, yes, that's what I want you to do. So I did give him 40 hours worth of work on it, you know, in the, in the back end, sent it back. I said, you got to run with this run. Well, Jake did exactly what Jake does. He didn't take a single piece of my feedback. He launched it. Right. Within six months, Ryan Dice of Digital Marketer calls him up, asks him to go on stage at Traffic and Conversion and calls him the YouTube ad, ad, YouTube ad expert of the world. Taught me a big lesson. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to stop with this perfection thing. Right? Mm. I, need to, I need to be willing to progress over versus be perfect. A couple of years later, I begged Jake for a job. He brings me out to headquarters and he says, I've got two interns and... Uh, 70,000 people coming to our website per month. And I want to scale this. Like, how do we do it? And I said, I don't know. Um, but I think I, I think we can figure it out. I said, here's what we're going to do. Jake, you need to be mom. I'm going to be dad of the company. Everybody loves you. You're, in, you're endearing. You're charismatic. Let's make sure they continue to love you. I'm going to hold people accountable. And if they can level up, awesome. I'll teach them what I can. But if they come and complain to you about what I'm doing, you got to be able to support me. Just like two parents aren't yeah. letting the children get in between. We've got to be able to do that. And you also have to be willing to let them go. If I tell you they're not going to cut it as executives in the company, you're going to be stuck growing the day-to-day -day operations. So <clears throat> he said, cool. I like that idea. Let's do that. It could have been easy for him to say, hey, don't call me the mom. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, now he, he understood completely what I meant by that. So we go into the meeting with the two executives, the two interns. And, and I said, OK, guys, there's two things Jake needs to be doing. And that's it. One, he needs to be golfing with executives. That's where Jake needs to be. Two, he needs to be playing the jazz piano at conferences that he speaks at. If he's doing those two things, we're getting new clients. If he's stuck doing the day-to-day -day operations and the management stuff, then we don't have the ability to grow and we're going to be stuck in the situation that we're in, which wasn't bad, but we wanted to scale. You know, we wanted yeah. to grow. We wanted to have more revenues. All of us had the idea of families and all that. Within three to four months, these two interns were phenomenal. They became executives. They were super good about training. A lot of that had to do, again, with Jake attracting the right types of people him being the right type of leader to recognize that that process was possible. And, you know, I think he was probably pretty happy that my goal was to make him golf and play the piano more. Um, but we scaled from five clients to 20 clients um, within a couple of months. Um, and then within 18 months, we had 1800. I'm sorry, we had a, we had 3x growth in 18 months. And he had this course that he had sold twice in two years. It's $200 course. Um, you know, and he's, he said, Jackson, I want to shut down this blog post. 
Um, it's bringing the 70,000. I'm like, no, dude, give me, give me a week, you know, like play around and, and look at it. Just forget about it for now, please. So he did. And I went and I found that course and I asked somebody, he told me what I just told you. And I said, Jake, take that course. It's on S like it's on uh, YouTube and SEO. And I said, make it a dollar and put it right there on that page. That's it. Just do that. That one thing. And <clears throat> Dan, I love you, Dan. Uh, but Dan comes back and says, Jackson, nobody buys anything for a dollar. Let's make it seven. What kind of backwards thinking is that? You know, I, oh, I was so, I was so mad. I was so angry. They, and in, in the end I lost, they made it $7. Um, still $1,500 a month like that. Just coming in. Why? Just restructuring of repurposing of an asset, putting the right place, right price point. Uh, but yeah, we I guarantee you, he would have had probably five to $10,000 a month at the dollar point. Plus that many more ambassadors, seven times yeah. as many people would have bought that and and uh, then and been out there spreading the word about what they could do so they could get the higher end clients. But it's all right. I digress. Um, it was a pretty cool little victory. And um, you know, those, those types of intangibles, getting, getting yourself out of the day-to-day -day operations, um, optimizing everything that you're doing, you know, not throwing it out, not looking for the next new shiny funnel. I, I was listening to Mint CRO today and they were laughing about the idea that this, there's this campaign where people say your, your next funnel, you know, the, the next funnel might be the one, you know, how hard it is to build a funnel. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. And instead of just optimizing the one you have you're just constantly throwing stuff out firing people restarting like no wonder why we're failing at, at a 96 percent rate in the united states yep we got it we got to fix that and i'm glad that yep. you're working on it well i'm glad that you are too man and um we should probably have some more conversations about this because i do we're, we're extremely aligned and and here's my goal yeah. um i will be 50 years old uh, the month of october so what day Huh? 30th, October 30th. Okay. Okay. Yep. I'm October 17th. So, okay, cool. And, um, what started happening, you know, we have two 21 year old twins. We have a 20 year old, uh, kid as well. And I've got hundreds of people that I employ, um, not directly they're subcontractors, but lots and lots of people. We have clients. Um, and after I learned how to make money, I realized that the goal of making money was a, a shooting toward the moon, not toward the stars kinds of thing. Hmm. And I started to realize the legacy that I leave is not the money that I leave my children, but it's the imprint that I leave upon people. And as I started focusing on that, regret started to go away. So whether I die today, which I hope doesn't happen or tomorrow, which I hope doesn't happen. I hope it's 50, 80 years from now. And maybe we learn how to live forever because we're certainly going for it, but <laughs> it has its own complications and uh, conversations in science fiction. But the point that I'm making is that I have no regret. I have no regret because I'm giving people the help that I needed the most. Yeah. And, and you're doing the same thing. And I think there are a lot of other conscientious entrepreneurs out here that are truly saying it's not the money that I'm after. It's the harmony that I'm after. It's the life that I live. It's the memories that I create. And um, I really appreciate two things. Number one, you started with the theory and you said, can I just show you how simple it actually is? And then you brought up a graphic. So for those of you that are listening that didn't see it, go check this out on YouTube or find us on Facebook because you probably won't see this on Spotify. We're not Joe Rogan yet. 
And um, right. in, in Jackson, if people wanted to get in contact with you, what would be the easiest way for them to, to learn more about you? The easiest way is the easiest way for you. Um, and so if you like LinkedIn, use LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I would say that the biggest thing you can do is, you know, if you're impressed with what's there, you know, if you're impressed with what Chris doing, um, reach out. And then sometimes you have to reach out again. Um, you know, I've, I've got, we have about 20 to 40 people applying for our show per day. Yeah. Right. And so we have people who apply. <clears throat> we have people who get real pretentious real fast too. Um, you know, and say like, Oh, I guess you don't care to have me. And it's like, well, now I don't. You just showed me your lack of leadership. You know, you just showed me how you treat people and how reactionary you are. Um, you know, but, but reach out, um, you know, on whatever that channel is and, and, uh, you know, show us your good people. And I'm not trying to say it, I wouldn't push anybody away, but you know, if you, if you want to reach out through our website, do that. My phone number's on there. Nobody calls anymore. You know, yeah. I get a bunch of robo calls and I shouldn't say nobody, but you know, people are so scared of picking up the phone and talking to somebody like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You'd have to tell somebody, no, like, no, thank you. Yeah, you actually make a friend is what I've experienced. Yeah, for real. Lift somebody's day up just a little bit. It's um, it's not hard anymore. The robocalls are annoying. No, it's not hard to mess somebody's day up anymore. I like that. True. I um, so we'll also put your information um on the blurb that we have when the podcast comes out. And um, man, I'd love to collaborate a little bit more with you and have some conversations. Maybe have you back on the show, do a case study if you're interested in doing that. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you guys, I'll, I'll talk to Chris too about things that we can give away. Um, with like a true promo um, okay. as well. I don't want to invent anything on the spot, but if if, Chris, if you guys value what we're up to and you want to see more, then I'll, I'll organize that with Chris. We'll come up with something awesome. And yeah, man, we need more. Uh, I always, there's 8 billion people to help right. on this earth. I, I can't do that alone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's way better to, to work together as leaders. So yeah, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to either one of us. Um, so this is fun, man. Yeah. I appreciate you for being on the show, everybody. I appreciate you for taking time to listen. And um, as I always say, I'll see you in the trenches. Take care, everybody. Bye. Hey, friend, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to catch future casts. If you really enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it so others can benefit from it as well. I'll see you in the trenches.